This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Monday. And for all intents and purposes, this is the first time you're seeing me here tonight. If you're listening to the podcast, you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, the only thing you missed was me doing the rundown of what we're going to talk about, and I'm so not going to do that again. We're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Just know that we've got a lot of shit to talk about. It's going to be a jam-packed show, but we're going to start off today is not only Donald Trump's birthday, it's Flag Day, so let's listen to Ted Cruz uh, lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the Republic for which it stands. You're welcome, Tones! Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So there you go, there's your Flag Day celebration with Ted Cruz. (laughs) Oh, so, it's Trump's birthday. I saw a congressperson actually share out multiple times, Happy Birthday, President Trump. At about 5 o'clock this evening, he shared out, Oh, it's also another special person in my wife's birthday. It's my wife's birthday. So at 5 o'clock, he shared out that it was his wife's birthday. Yes, today is President Trump's birthday. If you follow right-wingers, you'd have to know that. Uh, You must not be like me. They have been all up his ass. Uh, but it's not a day for celebration after what happened this weekend, goddammit. So, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna hit the content warning, fuckers. This one's hard to watch, especially we've got some really graphic footage that we're gonna look at. Uh, woman killed after driver slams into Black Lives Matter protesters with his car. This took place in Minneapolis over the weekend. One woman is dead and three people are injured after a car plowed into a crowd of protesters against police brutality on Sunday night in Minneapolis. The driver allegedly sped up as he got close to the protesters and then hit a car, acting as a barricade to protect them. The second car then flew into the crowd, killing the unidentified woman and injuring three others. The driver, who witnesses say was white, was pulled from the vehicle, uh, was pulled from the driver's seat following the crash by protesters, and he was then forced down onto the pavement and restrained until police arrived. We have the footage of that here. Damn, I thought we had the footage of it. Uh... Okay, so here he is. You can see he's being held down. So you can see police arriving on the scene. This is the, this is the dude. You're going to jail. 
Walking him to the cops. They're, yeah, they're trying to stop the cops. Be like, this is the guy. This is the guy. Wow. Once again, this is the aftermath of last night in Minneapolis. They were protesting the death of Winston Smith. Cops absolutely lied about him. Motherfucking cop pulling out his pepper spray. On, on the on the people who just witnessed a murder. The, the, those people are heroes. He pulled out his fucking pepper spray. My God. And you wonder why people hate the cops. All right. So we were down on 38 Chicago. We were literally playing red light, green light after we got done playing a volleyball game. And someone came to 100 miles an hour and they hit the car in front of the blockade. And the car flew out and it hit a woman. And so we have a woman that potentially might be dead and is bleeding out here on the street. Fuck. Here's the first car in the internet. And there's the second car right there. He came through 100 miles an hour. And he sped up on his way down. He did not use it, no, but he pulled it out. And did point, he pointed at the protesters. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Yo, he sped up as he got closer. Which way? It was totally intentional. And this is something that Republicans have been trying to legalize in states across this fucking country. You want to talk about cancel culture? <laughs> fucking wow. And they were, they were already there protesting a murder. The driver allegedly sped up as he got close to the protesters and then hit a car acting as a barricade to protect them. The second car then flew into the crowd, killing the unidentified woman and injuring three others. Some of the cops who responded to the scene were wearing riot gear and began yelling at protesters to disperse or they would be maced. Chance of no justice, no peace then broke out. The cops come and now they are all threatening to mace us, Hooker said in the live stream. Even though we were the ones that were attacked, I don't know, I don't get it exactly. They were the ones attacked. They were the heroes that detained the guy. Hooker and many others were gathered in Minneapolis's uptown neighborhood Sunday night protesting the killing of 32-year-old Winston Boogie Smith who was shot by a cop in a Minneapolis parking ramp uh, on June 3rd after U.S. Marshals were attempting to arrest the father of three for allegedly being a felon in possession of a gun. That was his only crime. He hadn't actually committed a crime other than being a felon in possession of a gun. 
Police say Smith fired at them, but witnesses dispute the account. Not only that, but the police told the reporters, initially told the news media, that he was a wanted murderer. They lied. Marches and rallies have recurred in the city since Smith's killing. Sunday's protest started atop the parking ramp where Smith was killed and ended in the uptown neighborhood only 2.5 miles from where George Floyd was killed by police in May of last year. That was not the only protest and march for justice taking place over the weekend. This is Elizabeth City, North Carolina. This is where Andrew Brown was murdered by cops and they also lied. Nearly two months after the police killing of Andrew Brown Jr., community members uh, rallied and marched demanding the whole truth. Dozens marched uh, from the county public safety building to where Andrew Brown Jr. was slain by deputies Saturday morning. Many local advocates made appearances at the event. The message was clear. The demonstrators wanted transparency in the shooting death of Brown. And of course, that's the last thing you're going to get from cops trying to protect their asses. Now, I worry that... The the protester killed on Sunday was just a prelude to a summer of violence. U.S. Intel report warns of more violence by QAnon followers. A new federal intelligence report... Oh, damn you, AP. A new federal intelligence report warns that adherents of QAnon... The conspiracy theory embraced by some in the mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol could target Democrats and other political opponents for more violence as the movement's false prophecies increasingly fail to come true. We've got another one coming up. August 15th. Grifters are even even selling tickets to the second inauguration of Donald Trump. Many QAnon followers believe former President Donald Trump was fighting enemies within the so-called deep state to expose a cabal of Satan-worshipping hell Satan. Satan-worshipping cannibals operating a child sex trafficking ring. I know, I know that's what they believe, but I just fucking, ah. Seriously. What an apt statement. So easy to part a fool with their money. Because I think those tickets were going for the thousands. They looked they looked real, too. Actual ticket stubs. Trump's loss to President Joe Biden disillusioned at some believable... <laughs> I'm not high enough for this shit.
We got some funny video to watch later. Trump's loss to President Joe Biden disillusioned some believers in the storm, a supposed reckoning in which Trump's enemies would be tried and executed. Some adherents have now pivoted into believing that Trump is the shadow president. Oh my God! I hadn't heard that one. Or that Biden's victory was a sham. Now I have heard that over and over again. The report was compiled by the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security and released Monday. It predicts that while some QAnon adherents will pull back, others will likely begin to believe they can no longer trust the plan referenced in QAnon posts. And that they, and I, like, I don't know. I need to check in with producer Dave on this. He would be the one to ask. I don't know what's going on with the QAnon since, like, I, I watched the HBO documentary and I was like, isn't that it? Everybody pack it up and go home? Or they're... Clearly, we still got the stop the steal motherfuckers out here. As major social media companies suspend or remove QAnon-themed accounts, many followers have moved to uh, less well-known platforms. I follow them there. I actually do pretty good on BitChute, amazingly enough. My clips of the Troll Patrol get more views on BitChute than they do on YouTube. The report says several factors will contribute to QAnon's long-term durability, including the COVID-19 pandemic, some social media companies allowing posts about the theories, uh, societal polarization in the U.S., and the frequency and content of pro-QAnon statements by public individuals who feature prominently in core QAnon narratives. The report does not identify any of those public individuals, but Trump, who has praised QAnon followers as people that love our country, has repeatedly refused to acknowledge the election is over and spoken baselessly of his victory being stolen despite multiple court rulings and a finding by his own Justice Department upholding the integrity of the election. One time, uh, one longtime ally told the Associated Press that Trump has given credence to a conspiracy theory that he could somehow be reinstated into the presidency in August. So that'll be a fun day to look forward to. Now, calls are mounting for our favorite conspiracy theorists to be arrested. Alex Jones revealed that he made a half a million dollar donation to the January 6th rally. Right-wing radio host Alex Jones is facing online calls for his arrest after social media users resurfaced the conspiracy theorist nearly half a million dollar donation to a January 6th rally that preceded the Capitol riot. In a, and this is after he made the video where he was talking about where he's fed up with Trump that never got released. In a video, well, I mean, that did eventually get released. He didn't release it. In a video posted from Washington, D.C. on January 6th, Jones said his media company paid to organize the pro-Trump rally that took place prior to the insurrection. He also claimed that the White House instructed him to lead the march to the Capitol.
Jones has previously faced calls for his arrest over his involvement in pushing Trump's baseless claims that widespread voter fraud caused his election defeat to President Joe Biden. In December, critics demanded the radio host be arrested for insisting that Biden would be removed from office one way or another. On Saturday, the calls for Jones' arrest grew louder after a Twitter user resurfaced his donation to the event that led to the riot. Alex Jones paid half a million dollars to organize the insurrection on January 6th, and he admits to getting his marching orders from Donald Trump. Seems pretty cut and dry to me. They literally sponsored a domestic terrorist attack on our nation's capital. Arrest them! The post prompted Alex Jones to trend on Twitter with more than 48,000 users discussing the video. Numerous users demanded his arrest for his involvement in the rally, while some conservatives defended Jones's remarks. I want to hear the I want to hear the defense. Okay, conservative activist Melissa Tate was among those that defended Jones. Alex Jones on video literally telling people not to storm the Capitol. Desperate Dems keep uh, beating the January 6th dead horse that no one cares about. People care about their gas prices skyrocketing, she tweeted. Gas prices are just reaching equilibrium. This is what they, like, they're like around $3, right? Three thirty, something like that. What they usually are in the summer. People over like people in fucking England to do the fucking math, figure out like how much cheaper our fucking gas prices are. And laugh at these motherfuckers talking about it skyrocketing. And they they say Trump was responsible for, you know, the the lack of demand during the pandemic that drove the prices down. It's just, it's it's insane. And they want to talk about fucking uh, inflation. Talk about the trade war with China that Trump started. That he had to fucking literally pay the farmers to keep them afloat. Talk about the tariffs he put on lumber coming in from Canada. Wonder why... Yeah, thank you. I was getting there. Smokey was distracting me. Newsweek reached out to Alex Jones via InfoWars for comment. This story will be updated with any response, apparently. There is no... Apparently right now, they're using like immigrants that are applying for asylum and making them work like a week in a labor camp to, to like to fucking uh, pick fruit and shit. I tried to find some audio of him on the Hugh Hewitt program. Apparently Hugh Hewitt makes his audio a little difficult to find. I found the transcript easily. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell warned on Monday that he and his allies are willing to step into Republican Senate primaries to try to prevent a candidate they view as unelectable in 2022 from advancing. Oh yeah, we've been selling... 
I warned Rocky Flame as we were coming on. I'm like, it's Trump's birthday. It's a three-hour fucking tribute. Mm. Damn right they want to... False narratives is all they peddle in, and we're going to get into that here in a little bit. I'm going to congratulate Sauger and Crystal on their new show, but then we're going to watch a clip of it, and I'm going to tear fucking Sauger apart. McConnell, during an interview with conservative radio host Hugh Hewitt, was asked if he and the Senate Leadership Fund, an outside group closely aligned with the Kentucky Republican, would be willing to intervene in 2022 Republican primaries. If necessary, McConnell told Hewitt about their willingness to get involved. There is no question that in order to win, you have to appeal to the general election audience. I'll be keeping an eye on that. Hopefully, we won't have to intervene, but we, but if we do, we will. That's what McConnell said. Not the only news McConnell made during his interview with Hewitt. He also said it is highly unlikely he would allow Biden to fill a Supreme Court vacancy in 2024. And if I was a Democratic uh, communications personnel, I would get that clip from Hugh Hewitt and I would make ads of that. It is highly unlikely that he would allow Biden to fill a Supreme Court vacancy in 2024 if he is the Senate Majority Leader. I would play that in every market where there's a Senate race. A record number of judges plus three Supreme Court justices were confirmed under Trump. Democrats have pledged to restore the balance of the courts. They started today confirming Jackson to the court. I mean, they started a couple weeks ago. They kept rolling today. That seems like an understatement indeed. You had asked if McConnell would block Biden from filling a 2024 Supreme Court vacancy as he blocked Obama from replacing the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. Well, I think in the middle of a presidential election, if you have a Senate of the opposition party as a president, you have to go back to the 1880s to find the last time a vacancy was filled. So I, I think it's highly unlikely. In fact, no, I don't think... Either party, if it controlled, if it were different from the president, would confirm a Supreme Court nominee. The fucking Democrats better never, ever do it. If I ever catch the the Democrats in that position, I I will fucking lose. And you know they would, too. That's the sad part. Oh, it's tradition. We can't. We got to give them a vote on it. And then fucking 10, 15 Democrats will vote for the the Republican Supreme Court Justice. You know it. You fucking know it. If, if it was different from the president, would confirm a Supreme Court nominee in the middle of an election. What, what was different in 2020 was we, we were of the same party as the president. Now, from a do-nothing senator to a senator that's getting shit done... Bernie Sanders has said he will not vote for the bipartisan infrastructure deal this breaking just a couple hours ago, maybe like an hour ago. Shit. 
The Senate Budget Committee Chairman Bernie Sanders says he won't support a bipartisan infrastructure spending proposal unveiled last week because he believes it doesn't do enough to address the needs of the country and shields the wealthy from tax increases. Absolutely. Eight or ten corporate dims are corporate plants. Bernie told reporters on Monday, I wouldn't vote for it. The bottom line is there needs, uh, the needs are, there are needs facing this country. Now is the time to address those needs. We know we, only one reconciliation. That's why this is, this is the time. Now is the time to address those needs and it has to be paid for in a progressive way. Given the fact that we have massive income, wealth inequality in America. Thank you, Bernie. Other Democrats share Sanders' disappointment with the size of the bipartisan proposal, which would spend $579 billion in new money over current budget baselines. Remember, Biden's original proposal was $4 trillion. $579 billion is the bipartisan proposal. And you guys know how passionate I am. Over 50,000 bridges in this country are considered dilapidated. That should freak everybody out. This, this is woefully inadequate. So thank you to Bernie for playing hardball. This comes, I believe, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was asked about supporting infrastructure on CNN. I believe it was yesterday. We're going to hear from her now. A group of five Republican, five Democratic senators is proposing $1.2 trillion in an infrastructure compromise deal. $600 billion of that is new spending, they say. No tax hikes to pay for it. Uh, would you vote yes or no on that package if it yep, comes yep. before you in the House? You know, I think um, from what we've seen so far, and particularly the lack of climate action as well, I think adding um, to the... They do not give a shit about this country. They want to see the country fail in order to blame the Democrats and hold and retain power. That's all there is to it. And they wrap themselves in flags and call themselves patriots and it's all a fucking show. It's disgusting. Severe lowering of our scope and scale and what we're seeking to do on ambition. Uh, I, I, I doubt it, frankly, in yep. the current uh, state of that proposal. And I think one of the things that's really important to communicate is that this isn't just $1.7 trillion, um, this is about an overall investment spread out over and between eight to ten, like 10 years, years. Uh, which yeah. is a very, very low amount of money. It's not going to create the millions of union jobs that we need in this country, particularly to recover from the pandemic. Um, and it's not going to get us closer to meeting our climate goals, which are crucially important at this point. But thank God the pendulum is swinging back. We're the we're the ones with the power going forward. We're only going to get bigger. Our coalition of progressives that think like this. So fucking 
I know it's a slow process, but like 10 years from now, it's going to blow our minds how much progress we've made. Hopefully. Optimist in me says that. I mean, there is, there is a world where fucking Trump wins in 2024 and we're, we're doomed. And I will say, God, I, I do not look forward to the Republicans winning the 2022 midterm in Congress, which is absolutely possible. Nay, likely, mind you. In time. As you well know, Democrats have three votes to spare in the House. So if the White GXG. House comes to you, if Democratic leaders come to you and say, this is the best you're going to get right now, would you and fellow progressives still say no to this? Well, I think the thing is, is that this isn't the best that we can get. And I do think that we need to talk about the elephant in the room, uh, which is literally Senate Democrats, which are oh. blocking crucial items in a Democratic agenda um, for very, I think, uh, for reasons that I don't think hold a lot of water. And for folks saying, OK, you know, we need where are you going to get these 50 votes? I think we really need to start asking some of these Democratic senators where they plan on getting 60 votes. Um, these 10 Republican senators that there's a theory that if we, we get a raid support for that. Out Welcome there, Raiders. Uh, if so, I think is 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 a claim that doesn't really hold water, particularly when we can't even get uh, 10 senators to support a January 6th commission. Yeah, no, I hear and you. So I think that the speaking, argument that we but on this particular bill, they have five. And, you know, my understanding is that there, it is possible. If there's no way you can get more than five. Ten, so just on infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think then the question that we have to make is that there's a fork in the road, which is do we settle for much less and an infrastructure package that has been largely designed by Republicans um, in order to get 60 votes? Or can we really transform this country, create millions of union jobs, revamp our power grid, get people's uh, you know bridges fixed and schools rebuilt? With 51 or 50 uh, Democratic votes. 50,000 bridges in this country are considered dilapidated. That should scare every single American. You know, with 50 votes, we have the potential to lower the age of Medicare eligibility so that more people can be covered and guaranteed to their right to health care, as opposed to, you know, 60 votes where we do very, very little. And the scope of that is defined by a Republican minority that has not been elected to lead. Okay, so I, I, I guess their plan is to get the $4 trillion through by like having the $1.2 with this bill with Republicans signing on to it and then getting the rest of it through reconciliation. I think the budget... Committee chairman holding out is a good sign that the leverage is on the progressive side. But now, what does Tucker Carlson have to say about AOC? This is it, like I don't even I don't even want to fucking cover this shit. But like I want to contrast because I've got I've got a I've got a little clip here we're gonna watch about how. The left is gaslighting America. But I want to contrast, you know, talking about policy, AOC on CNN, and then what fucking Fox and Tucker talk about. 
They're not even ad- addressing any any kind of proposal, the merits of AOC as a lawmaker. It doesn't look like it's going to play. Honestly, the better for it. That fucking face. It's disgusting, like, him and the old guy talking about fucking AOC's fertility or some shit. Honestly, we've been spared. Let's watch this instead. This is Representative Jason Smith earlier today on the House floor. He's going to have an absolute meltdown... That's how The Hill describes it. Let's hear from him. Bring it to the House floor because you don't want the American people... Okay, first of all, that's not what I expected him to sound like. Not knocking him for it, he can't help it, but that is not what I expected that man to sound like. Your president's budget. You will not bring it to the House floor... Because you don't want the American people to see exactly how you're trying to destroy the working class. To raise taxes on the low income and the working class. To put 87,000 tax auditors to go after the working class. The people see it. The working class. We're, we're talking like the pro publica piece. It's the fucking rich people that aren't paying goddamn taxes. We want to we wanna get tax auditors in the IRS to go after fucking rich people, not the working class. They already go after the working class. God, they're going after me right now by like throttling my bandwidth or something and making my stream have issues. When, when it cut off earlier, I'm like, shit, did I pay my internet bill? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I paid my internet bill. It is having a hard time. Anyway, here is Representative Jason Smith. And history will definitely, definitely not read well for the House Democrats. Yield the rest of my time. The gentleman from Pennsylvania Reserves... The gentleman from Massachusetts is recognized. Madam Speaker, what a crock. What a crock indeed. Like, seriously, seriously, fucking right-wingers are morons. Representative Jason Smith, you are a fucking moron. Anybody on the other side of the aisle talk about government shutdowns. I remember when they lost this place three years ago. What did they do? They left us with a government shutdown. Of course. Ever in history. The Republican majority did that. It's always the Republicans that caused the shutdown. The legislative process. But let me remind everybody that we uh, we have to vote on every single cent that we put forward here. That we have an appropriations process. Maybe the gentleman doesn't understand that. Uh, but every cent that we spend has to be voted on by people in this chamber. So nobody's not going to vote on anything. And let me just give a little put this in perspective yeah the president's budget was late and given the timing of the president's budget the appropriations committee uh, needs to get started to, to start doing their work unless my friends don't want the appropriations to do their work and deeming a, a top line number for appropriators is a housekeeping item that we can take care of so they can move forward 
Um, and then we could then turn our attention to a budget resolution and enacting the transitional, transformational policies included in the President's American Jobs Plan and American Families Plan. Now, but here's the thing that really gets me when I hear people um, have meltdowns on the floor. Uh, the process, this, this process got triggered by Republicans and Democrats alike in order to allow appropriators to get started on their work. You know, ever since the first deeming resolution in, in fiscal year 1999, when Republicans were in charge, overall, House Republican majorities used deemers nine times, including for fiscal years 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, and 2019. Boy, how accusing them of hypocrisy doesn't work. They don't feel shame. To matter. Uh, and just one other thing. Uh, when the gentleman used the term big lie, I don't want to be lectured by anybody about a big lie, especially by individuals who voted deliberately to overturn the will of the American people. Yep. To undermine our democracy. I will not be lectured by anybody on, on, on that matter. Um, I now yield. Good job, Jim McGovern. Excellent response. But now, according to Eric July, who I've never heard of, it's it's the left that's actually gaslighting the American people. Control the conversation. Let's, by using let's hear July's argument. Well, our leftists have been able to control the conversation. By using tactics that obviously require them to be disingenuous, but it doesn't matter because they get they get to get away with it. Now, I always say that you cannot approach, and I, what I always say is that you cannot argue someone out of a position that they didn't come to rationally. Oh, he's he's doing the opposite that they came to by way of emotion. Yes, I say that all the time. That's that's a that's a logical axiom, sir. That they got to by way of emotion. This is a critical era that unfortunately a lot of even smart people do. And they try to project their good intentions with honesty onto their opposition. And that is a critical era and you're never going to win that. You're always going to lose. So if you are arguing with yourself. Okay, his editing job is weird here. The, what? He, they project their... Their good, good intentions. Honesty onto... They try to project their good intentions, honesty, onto their opposition. To their opposition. And that is a critical error, and you're never going to win that. You're the left does. So if you are arguing with yourself or someone like you, yet yeah, it makes sense to immediately go on the defense, but that only works when you're dealing with other honest people. They've been able to accomplish a lot, guys. Huh? Guys, by way of being just dishonest and gaslighting, textbook. I think you should make fun of stupid people who Okay, first of all, like they love the word gaslighting and I don't think I, one of them knows what it means. Honest to God, every, like every time I hear one use it, I'm like, "Do you understand w- the content like nothing about this makes any sense?" Right, guys, by way of being just dishonest and gaslighting textbook I think you should make fun of stupid people who will make an egregious claim. About I do too. Those terms aren't to be taken lightly. Right wingers are morons. Or something like that. You already have every right to call them a dumb son of a bitch. 
You are under- I, I, I do it all the time. To defend yourself from an egregious claim that operates on a obvious falsehood. None. And that's what they that's how they operate. They need you to be on You're strawmanning me. They've claimed you were something and you're trying to say, Well, oh, I'm not this. Look at this, this, and that. Critical error. You've all- no, no, the critical error here is the fact that you're strawmanning. You're saying what you think I do, and you're attacking that. And it's from your perspective, so automatically it's bias. You are violating the rules of logic right now, sir. You've already lost. Again, they got to their position by way of emotion. I would argue that you're more likely to change their mind on this subject matter by making fun of their dumb ass. You Again, you cannot reason them out of that position. Hey, dude, that's my exact position. That I can't get anywhere with you dumb fuck right-wingers, so I just make fun of you. Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? But you're being blatantly dishonest right there. And I, like, I'll prove it to you guys. You know I will have anybody, 917-830-4359, you're a right-winger, call in. I want you to call in. I want you to come on my show and uh, uh, express yourself. Say anything you want. Exercise your First Amendment right. But they will not afford me the same courtesy. They do not let me come on their shows. Gaslight my ass. You want to talk about gaslighting? A news anchor here in Alabama died over the weekend. He committed suicide. So, of course, you know it was the Clintons' fault. Christopher Sign, Alabama news anchor who broke the Clinton tarmac story, dead at 45. And the New York Post story, and I I specifically got the New York Post. I wanted to get one of the most egregious examples. The Hill did a very clickbaity headline. But I wanted to get the most egregious examples of this. The Alabama TV anchor who broke uh, news of the infamous 2016 tarmac meeting that was nothing between former President Bill Clinton and then-Attorney General Loretta Lynch died Saturday in apparent suicide, according to reports and his employer. Christopher Sign was found dead by Hoover, Alabama police around 8.13 a.m. on Saturday after cops received a call of a person down at his Scout Trace home. The former college football player's death is being investigated as a suicide Stein had three sons and his wife, Laura, whom he met at the University of Alabama in the 1990s, where he manned the offensive line for the school's football squad, and she starred as an all-SEC volleyball player, according to local ABC affiliate. So they're actually not saying, okay, 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 here we go, here we go. The Dallas-area native headed to Alabama in 2017 to anchor the ABC station's evening news show after working for a TV station in Phoenix. While there, Sign broke the major 2016 presidential campaign news that Bill Clinton met with Lynch on the tarmac of Phoenix's Sky Harbor Airport while then-AG was investigating the use of a private email server by Hillary Clinton. 
the former president's wife and the Democratic presidential candidate at the time. Stein went on to write a book about the encounter titled Secret on the Tarmac. Stein went on to tell Fox that the investigation made his life a living hell with his family receiving death threats. So, you can imagine what the comment section of all the news articles about this look like. Fox News' latest outrage. NPR wants to cancel Tom Hanks. Let's we've got video for this. This should be fun. Deegans, I think that's that's his name. He's a writer for NPR. Uh, here's what he says. Diggins. He says Tom Hanks is a non-racist. It's time for him to be an anti-racist. Uh, here's a paragraph, all right? It's wonderful that Hanks stepped forward to advocate for teaching about a race-based massacre, but it's not enough. Apparently, Hanks wrote about Tulsa. He's built a career playing righteous white men. He's a baby boomer star who's built a sizable part of his career on stories about American white men doing the right thing. If he really wants to make a difference, Hanks and other stars need to talk specifically about how their work has contributed to these problems and how they will change. I watched Saving Private Ryan on Memorial Day for the first time. It was really good. It was not a, first of all, it's a star-studded cast. God damn. Didn't realize all those people were in that. People I didn't even expect. Didn't know Matt Damon was Private Ryan. Shit. End quote. Joe. Huh. Boy, Tom Hanks has some audacity building his iconic career out of playing, what? get this, Bill, a white guy. And now NPR, your taxpayer dollars at work, now condensed him literally. Not really. Op-ed urging for more focus in the history curriculums in schools across America on the Tulsa massacre. And the writer of this piece, Eric Dagan, you mentioned before, he's now playing the victim on social media. He's complaining about being bullied and insulted because he wrote this piece because it's so profoundly stupid. He deserves all the criticism that he gets. And here's the thing, though, Bill, for NPR and Dagan's and perpetual protesters, no matter what Tom Hanks do, does, it will never be enough. He supports more than three dozen charities, Hanks does, from helping honoring. Mil- wait, 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 wait. I thought they didn't like Tom Hanks because he was a Hollywood liberal elitist. But then there's another section of the Fox News audience who doesn't like Tom Hanks because they think he's a child-raping pedophile. But now they're on the side of Tom Hanks. When they can be anti-NPR? Is that it? I've done that also with movies with Band of Brothers, but also women's empowerment or children's health care and fighting cancer and diabetes. But no, for one guy from NPR, he isn't doing enough to make the world a better place. How's that working out right now? Well, if he was looking for attention, he's getting it. Apparently, he's proud of what he wrote. Uh, he did yeah. He said uh, he stands by it. Uh, but being white... And that's why you guys are saying the shit you're saying. It's a fucking vicious cycle. As apparently, this sentence, a lot of pitfalls <laughs> from apparently. one white guy to another. Joe Concha will talk to you. You, you bitch about his op-ed, and then you say stupid shit about it, and then I play you, and I say stupid shit about you. It's just the circle of life. Tom Hanks 
played, it was such a righteous white guy that he was a yeah. hero in World War II, or the guy who was a man in the body of a little kid who made toys. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. Yeah. Horrible, horrible stuff that he's done through the I hope he comes out swinging. I hope he goes will line he? by line. Wow, will he? he Somebody has to, eventually, right? Somebody has to. I, I hope he comes out and says, you know what? Somebody has to. Somebody has to deal with this, you know, I'm proud of my criticism. Like, don't, let, don't let it go. Respond. I bet that would that would get a lot. So, uh, okay, so. They said that the article, the dude that wrote the article couldn't take criticism. But the dude that wrote, wrote the article was just criticizing Tom Hanks. And they're bitching at him because of the... Cri Tom Hanks is a great actor, God. A lot of respect. Yep. Where's fucking Gump? As most people do not. No. Right? They sit the back problem, and they take and it and they the move problem. on. And that's why it keeps and, and Conscious Point is right. You yeah. know, it's for some, it's never enough. Yeah. All right. So kind of here, horror at... What is he talking about? God! I like, you do a whole Freudian study about the shit they say on Fox News. All right, let's go to Indiana, where apparently students and parents alike are protesting uh, IU Bloomington's passion and anger. Hundreds vaccination mandate. Students and staff just held a large protest at Indiana University over the school's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. So the school not requiring proof of vaccination. Instead, students and staff can simply certify they had the shot through an online form. But as wow. Williams learned that's still asking too much for those who showed up today. They held up signs saying rescind the mandate, free to choose, my body, my choice. Thursday, hundreds of people showed up to IU Bloomington's campus in protest of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Okay, I just want to be able to make it my choice rather than being forced to take something. All students, staff, and faculty are required to get the shot. There are some exemptions for religion. You ain't required to go to that university, sir. If you don't like the rules, get the fuck out. Just and medical reasons, for example, Jackson Powell's and his mother came to protest. I think that it's ridiculous. That it's your choice. You want to make the choice to walk? Go walk. Chris Sipes also came out to protest. She's the parent of an IU student. I hope that a lot of the people research for themselves how this vaccine works. People at this protest today tell me they want to send a specific message to university administrators. The hope and the goal is that the Board of Trustees will rescind all mandates. He looks like a Karen. In this fall. Um, even though they softened it and allowed medical exemptions and religious exemptions, it's still not enough. IU spokesperson Chuck Carney. I've got like a hair in my eye. It's fucking with me. Faculty, students, and staff, because it's the safest thing for them, and they followed the science. This is the next step forward. It's the way that we can return to a more nor uh, normal. And we, we we need everyone requiring vaccines. Having everybody fully vaccinated. IU parent and employee Chad Martin disagrees with the. So that we can reach herd immunity. And to come out here and tell me that you're either going to take a jab. Or you're going to terminate my job? Yeah, yeah. You're coming as a threat against me because I provide for my family that way. In Bloomington, I'm David Williams. Wish TV, wish to be done. Sir, it's capitalism. If you do not like the way they conduct their business, get the fuck out. I...
Oh my god, these people are stupid. Come and follow us on Facebook. David, thank you very much. IU students and staff that do show proof of vaccination will be eligible to win prizes of up to $500. And they're even giving out prizes for it. God. The university is offering a grand prize as well. One lucky student can win free tuition for a year. And one faculty or staff member will also win. Wow. Or the Indiana Repertory Theater. The federal judge calls a lawsuit filed by. Wow. Somebody can get fucking. Tuition for a year? Damn. What? Only available to... I, I, what? I looked at this earlier, didn't I? Oh, shit. Oh, well, the... The courts in Texas sided with the hospital we talked about on Friday. I think it was Friday. Where the nurses were protesting. It might have been on Thursday. Where the nurses were protesting about the vaccine being mandatory. Because, of course, the court sided with the fucking hospital. So now let's talk about Dr. Fauci. This is Representative Thomas Massey. Congressman, good to see you, and thanks so much for, for coming on. Several topics. From Kentucky. Let's talk about this one here. Um, doc- this dude, this, like, haircut. That's wild. So this is, uh, I think we're on OAN or Newsmax. or something. I think this is Newsmax, possibly. I don't even know. Uh, posted on Young Americans for Liberty. This is the National Report. With stone man fucking molded hair. Dr. Fauci, the emails. Now, when questioned about how he relayed the information. It is Newsmax. Guidelines to the public. This was during the Trump administration <laughs> versus the current administration. Here's what he said. Take a look. Science is a dynamic process. So something that you know in January, you make a recommendation or a comment about it. But as you get more and more information, the information leads you to change because that's what science is. Yes. Just your reaction to that uh, science when wearing a mask. Did something change with mask wearing? The email, even when you look at it. Yes, we did not know about asymptomatic uh, spread. We did not know how airborne it was in February of 2020. When he wrote in the email asking about domestic travel, if the woman should wear a mask. And and he, he even said, like, a cloth mask isn't really going to help you unless you're sick. When we learned about asymptomatic spread, that's when everything changed. The date that he references January, the emails, I believe, are sent in February or March, to be correct on that. It's February. Well, the politics changed, so he changed. He's a political scientist, not a scientist. Uh, you know, and if you don't like something Fauci said, just wait. He'll contradict himself. Not true. Not true. Well, Young Americans for Liberty throwing in some... What? What? Oh, we don't even get the fucking rest of... That's how you know right-wingers are full of shit. They never even give you, like, the whole context of anything. 
Their followers are stupid, though, so they can't really digest long-form shit. All right, all right. So, Crystal and Sauger started their own show called Breaking Points. I think they've been on for a week now. Let's talk about Fauci. Everybody, happy Monday. We have an amazing show for everybody today. What do we have, Crystal? Indeed we do. Um, it's weird without the music. Like, You guys need to get you some bumper music. Um, some really something comments from Anthony <laughs> Fauci that we're going to dig into. Jeff Bezos gets a bailout from the Senate. Because that, that is something I, I'm incredibly pissed about. Senators. Um, fascinating lawsuit against Google in Ohio that has potentially major implications. Some new numbers on how the public is thinking about UFOs. Hmm. Both of our Breaking Points monologues. Um, we also recorded... It's also weird that there's not, like, there needs to be a floor director telling her to look at the other camera. What went right, and more importantly, maybe what went wrong, but we did want to start with those comments. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be critiquing them. It's, it's their second week. Fauci. This is one of the most revealing... They're independent now, so... Given. I'm going to let the entire thing speak for itself. And good on them. On the other side. Let's take a listen. Now you're at the focal point. What is your level of concern that we're going to discredit public health officials to the point of, you know, look at Russia... And now he's he's just going to criticize like the way the phrasing that Fauci says this. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. And anybody that looks at what's going on clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see that. That is Now, one of the things that I learned over the weekend was that... Uh, one of the people that sent the email about it could possibly be a lab leak that a lot of people are pointing to. They're like, oh, they ignored it. That dude was part of the, the scientists that investigated whether it was a lab leak. And a couple months later, issued a report saying it was zoonotic. Just like the, the right-wingers leave that part off. Rebecca Watson had a really good video breaking down the facts of the lab leak conspiracy. I appreciated that because I'm not smart enough when it comes to science to talk about any of that shit. This is what's going on. Science Neither is fucking Sagar and Jetty. Oh, really? Science and the truth are being attacked. This is outrageous to me, Crystal, because what Fauci has done is he has conflated himself with defending the public health establishment and the scientific community. In a way, he is right. It is an attack on science and the scientific establishment itself. 
in order to point out that their actions with gain-of-function research, which they have irresponsibly funded, promoted, and then covered up possibly the role in the, out- I, in the outbreak I, of coronavirus in the very first place. I do not th- you say that as if it's an established fact, and I do not think you have made your case for that, Sauger. In order to go after Dr. Anthony Fauci and maybe point out the fact that he was instrumental in reversing the ban on gain-of-function research, that he the public health establishment and others covered up many of the well-known facts in the early days of the pandemic showing a possible man-made origin of coronavirus and that they have continued to lie to the american people for over a year and a half it's not an exaggeration he's admitted about lying i do, he has admitted i do believe it's an exaggeration when it comes to what level of herd immunity mm-hmm. he thinks is acceptable and more but really what this is this is the quiet part out loud Fauci says if you disagree with him, you're anti-science. And in reality, science is about the pursuit of the truth. He has covered up the truth almost since the very beginning. The critiques of him, some of them have been unjustified, mm-hmm. and some of them, the ones that you I'm out, thinking most of them have been unjustified. The, so the only critiques I've really heard are like, you know, messaging. Facts and the evidence actually say those critiques bolster science. Mm-hmm. Real science. Real science. science. Because as you said, science is about the pursuit of knowledge and the truth. So the distance between what you, Dr. Fauci, are saying and where that truth lies, pointing out that inconsistency is actually bolstering science. And, you know, it's really interesting. Obviously, he knows his audience here. Mm -hmm. Like, this is exactly... Russia. What does Russia have to do with this Chuck Todd? The Russia thing. But then, you know, the language Fauci uses about Mm. truth and lies and commitment to facts and science, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it sounds like one of those, like, liberal signs that's in every affluent liberal's yard in this city. It sounds like your promotion for your fucking show, guys. It's some real authoritarian shit. Incredibly. Like, if you think about strongman dictators what they it's like the exact shit they're like oh we're we're gonna speak truth to power here on breaking points blah 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 it's the same fucking shit that's exactly the tactic he's using here he's putting him exactly the tactic you're using oh if you're criticizing me you're really attacking science and facts and truth and yeah a lot of liberals will absolutely eat that up but that's the polar opposite of what a true liberal value set would look like and i know i am a, i am a skeptic at heart and but like i i need evidence and i've yet to be presented with any evidence that convinces me that he has like lied about anything if you are a regular citizen don't get a mask because it's not effective at the same time they the real He was asked specifically about domestic travel in February of 2020 before we knew about asymptomatic spread. The reason he was saying that was because they were worried about a run on masks and it not being available. And there and there was. Uh, okay, that's, a, that's like a noble goal. Right. But you weren't. The not wanting a run on masks. You have to be. If you want to be a trusted science expert. Leave the spin and all the bullshit to the politicians. You just need to lay on the facts. Exactly. You failed, number one, there. You and I both gave him a lot of latitude. Like, uh, it was the beginning of the crisis. I regret some of He screwed up. Oh, there was a lot of, yeah. you know, conflicting information coming out about masks. We really kind of gave him a pass mm-hmm. for a while on that. Then it's revealed. He admits himself because it, people are trying to pin him down on, like, well, okay, what is the herd immunity number? Because you were saying it's here. Now I don't think we know. Slowly increasing 
the herd immunity percent that the population of vaccination, the population has to achieve in order to achieve herd immunity. And he admitted that he was telling people what he thought they could handle in the moment. Again, maybe, I mean, it's not even really okay for politicians to engage in that type of spin. But when you're talking about someone who is just supposed to be telling you the science, if you don't know exactly what the number is, and I think that's probably the mm -hmm. truth, is like there's a range and nobody knows. There is. What the number is. Give us the range. Tell us what the probabilities are. Give us some sense. And the fact that we had. I don't. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know a specific instance where he he said something other than that. But that's. That's what I thought. I did like. They're acting like they don't know this for a fact. I, I thought that's the truth that we didn't know. Am I wrong on this? I, I thought we were aware that we didn't know and that it was a range. Some, I, what are you talking about? She's, act, she's posturing it like it's her own idea currently that she just came up with. Oh. I gotta move on. I can't. I can't. I don't think I made it all the way through this morning when I tried to watch it either. I want to be informed. I want you to hit me with some convincing evidence for your lab leak hypothesis. But the more, the more I click on your videos, the more it seems like it's just clickbait, to be honest with you. Roger Waters rejected a huge deal from Facebook. says they wanted to use the classic Pink Floyd song, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Wow. He called the corporation's boss, Mark Zuckerberg, one of the most powerful idiots in the world. Speaking during an event, it's part of a campaign to free WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, the imprisoned subject of an international debate over freedom of expression, free Julian Assange and send him over to wherever the fuck he's facing rape charges. That's, that's my view on it. Uh, Waters said the offer had come directly from Zuckerberg, who wanted to use the song in a film to promote Facebook and Instagram. Has he listened to the song? So it's a missive from Mark Zuckerberg to me, Waters said in a new video clip. Uh, where do we, Can we watch the clip? Let's hear from Waters himself. Fucking Twitter's not fucking playing for me tonight. Internet's just being really weird. Oh, we could have heard from Roger Waters himself. I'm sorry. It arrived this morning with a huge offer, huge, huge amount of money, and the answer is, fuck you, no fucking way. He added that he mentioned the letter as an example of the insidious movement of them to take over absolutely everything.
Waters read aloud some of Zuckerberg's letter. We want to thank you for considering this project. We feel that the core sentiment of this song is still so prevalent and necessary today, which speaks to how timeless your work truly is. What? And yet they want to use it to make Facebook and Instagram even bigger and more powerful than it already is so it can continue to censor all of us in this room and prevent this story about Julian Assange getting out. Waters said. So the general public could go, what, what? No, no more. He suggested it was important for people with power to stand against alleged limitations of free expression by social media corporations. I will not be a party to this bullshit, Zuckerberg, Waters said, before becoming more person. Now, okay, so here's the thing. I'm totally down with if if somebody was to make an open source platform. But then therein lies the problem is what people want on YouTube or on Facebook is its marketing potential. So if you do an open source platform, you're not going to have uh, an ad department like you would on YouTube to monetize your content so easily. You're not going to have an algorithm that directs people to your content based on other things. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is. I'm all about an open source platform. Let me on it. I'll fucking, I'll excel there. I think. But ultimately, people want a way to, to to monetize their shit easily, and that requires someone. It requires community moderation. It's just it's just a fact of the model. All right, let's talk about Israel. The story I avoided. On Friday, when Sparkles was here, because there's a there's a saying John Oliver said it on one of his shows. When you, you and all your friends agree politically, but you still want to have an argument, you talk about Israel. So I skipped over the story while Sparkles was here. <laughs> I agree politically with her on everything, but for some reason, like, got a soft spot for Israel. Netanyahu is out as new Israeli government survives the confidence vote. Israel has a new prime minister for the first time since 2009 after a power-sharing government led by Naftali Bennett survived a confidence vote on Sunday. Bennett was sworn in as prime minister. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's longest-serving prime minister and the man around whom Israeli politics have revolved for a decade will now become the opposition leader. Bennett, a right-wing former Netanyahu protege, will lead the most ideologically diverse government in Israeli history. Final vote was 60 to 59, with one abstination. The smallest possible majority for the new government. President Biden spoke by phone with Bennett shortly after the vote and said he looked forward to working with the new government. Bennett thanked Biden for his support of Israel during uh, during the last uh, uh, during the last operation in Gaza, and said he is a great friend of Israel. 
Not selling me on this Biden cat. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Tony Blinken also released statements welcoming the new government. State Department spokesperson Ned Price said Blinken and Lapid discussed the U.S. commitment to Israelis' security and the importance of maintaining a cessation of hostilities, opportunities to deepen and broaden normalization of diplomatic relations, and the threat posed by Iran. You know the way you can normalize diplomatic relations? You can bring the Palestinians into the government. Netanyahu fought desperately to avert this outcome, vehemently denouncing Bennett and pressuring fellow conservatives to abandon him ahead of the vote. Tensions were so high that the head of the Shin Bet Domestic Security Agency warned of potential political violence. Because I wouldn't put it past Netanyahu to do exactly what Trump did. A wonder that he didn't. Netanyahu used his last speech as prime minister to denounce President Biden's Iran policies and claimed that Bennett would, uh, would be too weak to stand up to Washington. As Bennett spoke, Netanyahu allies reportedly interrupted him. Shortly before the vote, Netanyahu was asked by reporters if he was committed to an orderly transfer of power, and he answered sarcastically, no, there will be a revolution. What an idiotic question. I don't know. Your buddy tried to do it. Netanyahu has also promised to quickly bring down the government, which would be quite fragile given its narrow uh, majority and deep ideological divisions. Netanyahu, meanwhile, will be leading the opposition while facing a corruption trial. Netanyahu gave Bennett a brief wordless handshake after the vote. The two will meet on Monday in order for Netanyahu to brief Bennett on several issues. But there will not be a formal ceremony to mark Bennett's arrival into office. Bennett became prime minister despite winning just seven of the 120 seats in the Israeli parliament. The post-election chaos, he played the kingsmaker role because neither Netanyahu nor Lapid could form a government without him. See, that's the I want a parliamentary system where they have to fucking get coalitions and there's 10, 15 fucking parties. It'd be so much better for democracy. Moving from Israel to uh, gas chambers. Arizona refurbishes gas chamber and push to resume executions. As it aims to resume executions after a seven-year hiatus, Arizona has refurbished its gas chamber where the nation's last lethal gas execution was carried out more than two decades ago before the United States rejected the brutal nature of the deaths. The state has purchased materials to make hydrogen cyanide gas, which was used in some past U.S. executions and which the Nazis used to kill 865,000 Jews at Auschwitz concentration camp alone. Land of the free. Wrap yourself in that flag, motherfuckers. You're on flag day. The 
secret refurbishment late last year at the prison in Florence, southeast of Phoenix, is drawing criticism as a cruel approach to punishment that is out of touch with modern sensibilities. That's an understatement. Also cruel and unusual, and the most egregious case of cancel culture I could ever come up with, Reality winner, NSA contractor in Link Case is now out of prison. Thank fucking God. A former government contractor who was given the longest federal prison sentence imposed for leaks to the news media has been released from prison to home confinement. Reality winner, 29, has been moved to home confinement and remains in the custody of the Federal Bureau of Prisons person could not disclose the matter publicly and spoke to the AP on condition of anonymity. He pleaded guilty in 2018 to a single count of transmitting national security information. Winner was sentenced to five years and three months in prison, which prosecutors said at the time was the longest ever imposed for leaking government information to the news media. I highly encourage you to go listen to the story. You will Listen to a podcast, go watch a documentary about it. I think Vice has a good rundown of what happened. Her release was held as a cause for celebration after advocates had spent years fighting for her release or a pardon. Her lawyer said in a statement that Winter and her family are working to heal the trauma of incarceration and build back the years they lost. She said that they are relieved and hopeful after her release from prison. Oh, that's some good news. All right, this one, this, holy shit. I've I've been looking forward to watching this. This is the opening statements in the murder trial of Ronnie O'Neill. Now, Ronnie gave his own opening statements because he is defending himself. This happened this morning. He's accused of murdering his girlfriend and daughter in 2018. So uh, I I guess we can go ahead and uh, we should hit the content warning fuckers. Dude up here with his weekend haircut. I'm rooting for him. I mean, unless he actually killed his girlfriend and daughter, then, like, you know, I'm, I'm not really rooting for him. The evidence is going to show! That we are under some of the most vicious I mean, by the time 
I thought this was Florida. You will know why what occurred on March 18, 2018 occurred. And the evidence is going to show that law enforcement tampered with evidence to meet their such high burden of proof. I don't doubt it. It wasn't enough. Damn conflicted here. To tamper with evidence. Since it was such. I do not remember the details of the case. But we still had to tamper with evidence. The evidence is going to show. I mean. He does. He's a, he's charged with an incredibly heinous crime. Said many things that are not true. But I also believe that the cops probably lied about him. Even if even if he did it, the cops lied about him just because the cops they do that. I called nine one one during Kenyatta Barron's nine one one call. But all of a sudden, it ends up. After I called Kenny uh, after Kenny Oliveira's call was made, now I'm calling 911. Now, it is 100% your right to represent yourself in court. I do not recommend it. I say this having represented myself in court before. But the evidence is going to show that your representative. But I was being sued by like a credit card company. I wasn't like fucking to make it seem like facing the death penalty possibly. And I ran after killing Kiara Barron knowing that authority was on the way to kill my own children. I wonder why I would do something like that. Uh, he needed to be coached on his... Uh, On his performance. You can't come out and start at a ten, dude. You gotta you gotta you gotta start at a two or a three, man, to give yourself some place to go. You've already blown up. You've blown your load, man. You gotta you gotta edge to that shit. Absolutely, be passionate about this. But he's been watching some like fucking preachers or some that law enforcement, some bad lawyer shows.
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying they added sound effects? Wait, 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 wait. He said Allah Akbar. They wanted to make me seem like a terrorist. Whoa, why were you saying Allah? Uh, what? Why? What? I'm so confused. And you hear me calling Kenyatta Baron a bitch and a whore. So you, you called the victim a bitch and a whore and you yelled Allah Akbar at her. That I called my dad. And you want me to believe that you didn't kill her. Interesting. But that call is all of a sudden missing from the T-Mobile record that we have acquired the 911 call that I whoa, 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 dude, whoa, dude. And the 911 call that you just heard cannot be proven that it was made because after I called for an investigation of those 911 calls, all of a sudden they become missing from all evidence. This is Ronnie O'Neill defending himself in 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 a murder case, his own murder trial. He's accused of killing his girlfriend and his daughter. He just stated that he he said the words Allah Akbar, but he didn't say it as many times as the cops alleged he said it. They added that to the audio of the 911 call. And that he called his girlfriend a whore and a bitch, but he didn't say it as many times as they alleged he said it. They added those as well. We're going to watch a couple more minutes of this. I don't, I, 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 I don't want to be like exploitive about this because I don't know that this man is of a sound mind. I, so far, I think he's convinced me he's killed his girlfriend. I, I do not recommend defending yourself. It is absolutely your right as an American citizen, but he definitely needed some coaching from some apt legal counsel if he was going to do this he's not he is not a dumb person i will say that and he has the haircut of the weekend they call at 11:43 there's no 911 call at 11:43 on her call log all of a sudden and so like i'm not he's saying that like they've erased records from T-Mobile and like i there's no way they could do that I'm with you if you're saying the cops fucked with you. I believe that 100%. 
Oh God. The evidence is going to show I love my children. And the evidence is going to prove to you that this whole entire case has been tampered with and fabricated. Has he blinked? Oh, there was there. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple. I can guarantee you that. Mark my words. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that. That's a good place for us to stop. This is the opening statements in his own murder, in his own murder trial in Tampa Bay, Florida. I I don't know. I don't know. He didn't endear himself to me. But now this video of John Cena eating ice cream definitely endeared himself to me. So I don't know if you guys know this. But John Cena speaks Mandarin and he, he likes making videos in Mandarin. So here he is uh, showing us how he eats ice cream. <laughs> Please help John Cena. Who bear has sentenced him to execution? Over the weekend was the anniversary of the Pulse Massacre. And this was really cool. This happened during the memorial celebration. As a rainbow appeared over the site. Now it's Florida, like there's like a rainbow every evening. I'm not I'm not one of those people that subscribes to mysticism. But this is a very cool symbol. Over the side of the... I don't like that the police slapped their fucking logo on there. I was almost ready to shed a tear over it. And then I saw the police logo. I'm like, well, fuck you guys. And as I promised... We will end the show tonight with a woodchuck riding on a puppy. There he goes. Wally the Golden Retriever loves being in the water. His happy place is Lunenburg. That's where he and his doggy mom, Lauren Russell, were canoeing a few weeks back when something remarkable happened near one of the small islands out in the middle of the lake. He was about 100 meters out, and a woodchuck, I think, just crawled right up on his back, and he swam back to shore with him. The two-year-old pup ah! a hitchhiker, while he's seemingly taking it all in stride, or in this case, all in doggy paddle. He didn't even care. He, like, took a peek on his back and then just kept on swimming. Lauren and her husband not quite sure what to make of this offshore connection. We were... Oh, they made friends. We couldn't believe what we were 
you're seeing. The lift to land didn't last long. Lauren's still wondering why the critter picked Wally for the assist. I don't know. Uh, the dog didn't look too happy about it there, to be completely honest with you. He looked a little freaked out, like, what the fuck is this on my back? They're just lazy. There was one other incredible interaction between these two new but brief friends. It happened when the two got closer to shore. It came right back to the island, hopped off his back, and then scurried away. And they gave each other a little kiss goodbye. They like touched snouts and then he ran away. Perhaps oh. Or at least Wally are more than just man's best friend. He's just an angel. He loves all animals. He loves all little kids, people. You know, doesn't get better than Wally. In Lunenburg, I'm Doug Meehan, WCVB, New Setter. Oh, Wally is so awesome. That, that was wholesome content. All right, if you're still with me on Twitch after this really rocky stream, I'm going to send you over to Meltdown Mondays with the Media Winch at Echo Flex. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live. <laughs>